the Irish Times Inside Business podcast in association with Davy. It's amazing what you discover when you really listen. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. Now, the COVID-19 lockdown of the economy in March forced hundreds of thousands of workers in Ireland to abandon their offices and work from home. In the round, it's gone quite well, with many staff enjoying the fact that they don't have to face a daily commute and some companies declaring that remote working is here to stay. So in this new normal, what happens to all the office space in our towns and cities? Is remote working sustainable into the long term? And will COVID mark the demise of the corporate head office as we know it? Joining me on the line to discuss these issues are Peter Coppinger, co-founder of Irish tech company Teamwork, which was expanding its office network prior to the lockdown, and Ronald O'Connell, a director with Savills Ireland, one of the leading real estate agents in the commercial sector. Now, Peter Coppinger, welcome to Inside Business. You're co-founder of a Cork-based technology company called Teamwork. Um, you won the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award in 2018, and your company was uh, expanding uh, and growing and growing around the world. And as I understand it, you had a new office uh, in Belfast all ready to go, and then COVID hit. And what's the situation now? What's happening to that office in Belfast? Well, Kieran, first of all, great to, great to talk to you again today, and thanks for having me on. So yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. We developed beautiful offices in Belfast and in Cork. The Belfast office in particular was only open about about six months. Uh, significant investment. Uh, we had big plans for it. And of course, COVID hit and has ruined our entire plans. And um, actually, our, our entire strategy around our office space has been heavily hit by COVID. So our strategy effectively was to build great offices in cities such as Cork and Belfast, but stay away from the larger cities where there's too much competition. We used to run campaigns actually extolling the benefits of escaping the rat race in larger cities, such as Dublin, and moving to cities with perhaps a better work-life balance, yet still be able to earn a great wage and work on cutting-edge technology. And we invested heavily in our offices in Cork and Belfast, and we had features like half-ton steel slides and jungle-themed rooms with hanging seats. And the offices were great for attracting and retaining employees for a few years, and overall, the strategy was great. And suddenly this year, it's all up in smoke. So there's a new reality and the playing field has been leveled. And first of all, we're seeing that talent hungry multinationals no longer care where their future employees are based and they are aggressively poaching staff. And second of all, having stunning offices in smaller second cities is no longer a unique strategic benefit. So I guess like all companies, we're in the process of rethinking our overall strategy. And going forward, we'll likely have slightly smaller offices and will recruit more remote first staff. Right, just uh, talk to us about Belfast a little bit. How much was the investment in, in that office? Uh, the office itself, the fit out was over half a million. Right, okay. And how many people had you planned to have there sort of maxed out? Scaling, the, the office could handle 100 to 120 people in that office with room for expansion down the line. And how many people currently there? There's literally on a daily basis, there's four people working there. Wow. So, yeah, you know, it's devastating to have made that investment and, and to not be able to realize it. Now, hopefully, of course, as COVID, hopefully we'll all get past this COVID thing and things mm. will return to normal and we will be able to use that office again. But even then, it'll probably be in a reduced capacity. We won't be able to get as many humans into the building going ahead. And as I understand it, you have a campus in Cork already. You've been in Cork quite a number of years. But you had plans for a second one as well. Is that going to go ahead? We did. We actually have three offices now in Cork. So we have our main campus and we, we overflowed out of that into another building 
So we, we rented some space across the way and then we overflowed out of that to a third space. And we also had this big plot of land that came available a couple of years ago and we snapped it up uh, right beside our office. And our, our long-term plan was to build our, our dream campus, you know, something that Microsoft would be proud of, um, a stunning campus there. Now, that's still the long-term plan, but the reality is we're a software company and we should probably be, we should probably be concentrating on software rather than buildings, but it's still the dream to, to do something with that land. Now we do. We are being approached by a couple of companies that would love to partner with us and develop out the land, essentially. But you know, it might be short-term gains, but in the longer term, we might regret that decision. So we think we're going to hold on to that, and and we'll have to see what way this plays out over the next few years. Like, do we want to have a, a joint corporate headquarters in Ireland? I mean, are we going to have most of our staff working remotely? Is our current thinking, but um. Either way, we're in no rush to sell that land or do anything with it. So our plan is to just sit in it for now. Right. Where is that land, Peter? It's literally right beside our current office on the old Sunbeam site in Cork. Right. Okay. Now, how many people have you got working remotely at the minute? And how has this working from home trend worked for teamwork? Well, we've always had 15 to 20% of every team working remotely. And, And I suppose over the years, one of the things we found is that your remote employees and remote teams really need to develop their own daily and weekly rituals. And it's critically important that they meet up face to face several times a year. We found that when teams don't meet face to face and spend that time getting to know each other, that issues creep in. So over the years, we've learned to make these these meetups a priority. In the age of COVID, we have to do the next best thing. And now the entire company is essentially remote. And you, those challenges apply to the entire company. So we have to make more of an effort to virtually hang out from time to time and do things like take an extra few minutes at the start of weekly meetings to share personal news and tidbits. We think meeting up face to face is actually so important that once a year we hold our Grand Council, which is, of course, named after Lord of the Rings because we're a pack of nerds. But uh, this year we called it the Almost Grand Council, and it was just a two hours a day event due to time zone coordination issues. But we made the best of it, including team planning, cross-functional alignment, online team challenges, talent shows, competitions, and a, of course, a pink-themed virtual cocktail party to top it off. Uh, in the future, we're definitely switching to a remote-first mindset and we'll likely use our corporate headquarters, uh, our offices as corporate headquarters, meeting places, training centres, and allow staff to work from anywhere. Now, Roland O'Connell, you're a director of Savills Ireland, which is very active in the commercial space. What's the future of the office, in your opinion, and what changes you think are going to have to be made by landlords in this so-called new normal? Well, I, I think that the one thing we all have to realise is that we're only learning at the moment. So it's too early to discern exactly what the end point is going to be. But my own view would be that we're going to have more variety in the type of offices that we have, be that working from home or a combination of working from home or from the office. And so we need to get used to that. The one thing that the COVID shutdown did demonstrate to the Doubting Thomases was that it is possible for people to work from home. But um, what may not be clear yet is how really efficient it is for people to work from home. And that depends, I think, to a large degree on what the individual is doing, but also what their company does. And there has been some research in this and even across European um, 
countries, the variety is remarkable. Um, you know, citing a few examples in um, the UK, there was a minus 67 percent uh, uh, time spent in work. Um, there was a 300 percent increase in remote work. And the overall productivity, they reckon, fell by 20%. Um, in Belgian productivity, they reckon went up by 50%. So it varies hugely from uh, country to country at the moment. And, and it's really too early to say how the whole thing will pan out. My own expectation is that we, the outlook for offices is very bright, that there will be a temporary gathering of breath as people see how the whole COVID thing uh, on unfurls, but I think that there, there are so many advantages to people being in the office, not necessarily every day of the week, but certainly some days during the week, that we will see that shift back. And it's interesting looking at some of the big employers worldwide. Um, Jess Stanley, who's the head of Barclays, I think in June or so or May, was saying that you know the offices are dead and uh, we've seen the end of them. And uh, last month on BBC, he was saying that uh, they can't wait to get people back into the office, that there's huge advantages to doing so, and that the stress of working from the kitchen table and whatever was beginning to build up. I, I think one of the things that we've seen ourselves is it, it depends upon the accommodation that people are working from as well, because some of us are living in uh, houses with gardens and we've plenty of time to get outside and whatever plenty of space. But there are other people living in quite congested accommodation. And for instance, over the last number of years, it wouldn't have been unusual for two couples to share a, a two bedroom apartment in the city centre. So you've got four workers in a two bedroom apartment. Now, for those people working from home is a real chore, a real difficulty. And in other circumstances, when people have young children running around and somebody has to take care of them, but both partners are meant to be working, there's all sorts of difficulties associated with that as well. So while people have managed and it's been interesting and a novelty and whatever, I think that the longer the enforced working from home goes on, the greater the anxiety we can see of people wanting to get back to the office at least part of the time. So as I say, our view is... The future of offices is bright, um, but we've got a little bit of distance to go to really understand how we're going to have to work in it. And there are interesting things then. What do we need to do with offices? Um, we need to reassure people, first of all. And I don't think the office can really make a comeback until people are confident about using public transport again. Maybe not at the same densities that they were previously, but we need to reassure them and that might mean staggered commuting times and it might mean people seeing public transport, you know, be it darts or buses or trains being cleaned, you know, almost as they're using them. So they're reassured about the safety of it. And it also means that we as citizens have to behave with respect towards each other. So we'll need to wear face masks and do things like that. Um in congested areas like public transport and whatever. But public transport, I think, is the key to getting the office back and working properly. Roland, just put into context how big the office market is in Ireland. How much space is out there and how much is typically invested uh, in new offices every year? 
Ooh, gee, uh, I don't know how much is invested in new offices every year. The the market in Dublin is over 40 million square feet in total. Um, over the last number of years, we've seen um, a couple of million square feet built uh, every year. But as I was saying to you just before we went on air, um, that isn't necessarily a couple of million square feet of new space. It is new space, but to make way for it, we may have knocked down um, 1.2 million square feet of older space and whatever. But it's big business. There's a huge amount of money um, invested in offices every year. And um, it's very important for our economy. But more important even than that for our economy are all the jobs that hang out of the office workers. And I'm back in my office in Moses Street for the last couple of weeks and it's like walking around a ghost town in the city centre at the moment. Um, huge numbers of um, uh, restaurants and coffee shops and whatever haven't even bothered to open. The ones that have bothered to open aren't busy, um, or at least most of them aren't busy. Um, the shops are very, very quiet. Um, I went out to get a sandwich last week. I met a, a, a shopkeeper I know uh, who was standing by his doorway. He said he hadn't had one customer in that morning and that wasn't unusual. So um, however important the construction, the maintenance, the running of offices is, it's all of the jobs that hang out of it that are much more important to the economy. And I think that that's one thing that um, we've taken our eye off the ball a bit about um now, at the moment, quite rightly, government focuses on getting schools back because without kids back in schools, nothing else is going to work properly. So we're right to focus on that and make sure that's working properly. But I think once we have the schools open and uh, bed it down a bit, the next priority should be, as I said earlier, getting public transport to a level, maybe not as high as before, but certainly to a level where you can get more workers back into the city centre because without those, our economy is going to suffer hugely. At Daly, we know uncharted territory can be a challenge. We've been in business since 1926 and since then, we've advised many different clients through many global and national crises. Some will seek comfort in the safe and familiar while others will embrace the opportunity to try something new. Throughout the years, we've not only listened to our clients, we've got to know you personally helping us advise you on a financial life plan that suits you best. Davy, it's not just business, it's personal. Janie Davy, trading as Davy, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. We take our responsibilities personally. Peter, can I ask you, what's the Teamworks experience been with productivity in this remote working era of COVID? Um, has it been good, bad or indifferent? Yeah, so look, I think with the entire remote working situation, there's um same as every other company, we've experienced all the pros and cons. I mean, the pros are the pros are obvious, less time commuting, more time with family, friends and self. Uh hopefully less stress, and uh, sometimes a much nicer working environment and you work your own hours and more. But the the cons are significant. So first of all, you've work communication and coordination challenges. You often have a less than ideal work environment. Lack of interaction and uh, feelings of isolation is a big thing. You have, you know, text and chat miscommunication challenges when you're not talking face to face. You know, we hear feedback that all the days feel the same and the weekends and the weekdays just blur into each other. I think we'd all agree with that. You know, there's lack of learning by osmosis and you've company and team culture challenges. 
So look, first and foremost, I think for every company, you have the challenge of just getting work done and keeping everything humming along. And I suppose at Teamwork, we're fortunate that we use our own work management software, teamwork.com, to coordinate everybody's day-to-day and project work. So in some ways for us, this is business as usual, and we haven't been too badly hit in terms of productivity. But the unprecedented situation has exposed every company's weaknesses around software, systems, and processes. But it's also a great opportunity. It's a forcing function, forcing us all to reevaluate and get organized. And it's an opportunity to put more and better systems, software, and processes in place to help run, streamline, and scale our companies. And a related challenge to this I've seen is that is that uh, new employees, they can no longer lean on and learn from others in the office. So, But this is an opportunity to get organized and build scalable systems with better training programs, internal certifications, body systems, and a culture you know, of regular one-to-ones. Uh, another challenge I mentioned there is, is employee isolation. You know, For many employees, work is actually their main social interaction. And we have to recognize that. And working from home has been particularly challenging for many of them. And I think there's a, an important duty of care on every employer and team lead and manager to check in with employees and make sure they're all in a good place. That's a big part of this as well that we've certainly felt and, and others have felt is you know the challenge around company culture. I'm sure we can all relate to that. So the water cooler conversations don't just happen anymore. We can't just go to lunch together. We can't have social gatherings and night outs. So what do we do? Instead, we have to be very deliberate about maintaining our culture through things like online events, meetups, and hangouts. Um, at Teamwork, I think we recognized this early, and we've been running weekly all hands from the very start of COVID. And we've also run some, some bigger online events. There's a company actually called Dynamic Events, and recently they did a great job um, running an online event for us, breaking us all into teams and getting us to do fun challenges over Zoom. And it really was well run, and it was very good fun. Um, I think actually, you know, ironically, we're actually probably closer as a company than we were before COVID. So it is a good opportunity if you lean in to improve the culture. But how does it work in terms of attracting talent? Um, Because I guess in your industry, um, a lot of people are probably foreign nationals. I mean, that seems to be the way with Google and Twitter and so on in in Dublin. Um, And people are attracted here, if you like, because of the ecosystem that's been built up. You know, we hear about Silicon Docs. Uh, in Dublin. Um, but if you've people, um, let's say, you know, I don't know, French people, Italians, Spanish people, British people, Polish, whatever, Americans, whatever it might be, if you have them in uh, far-flung locations uh, working for teamwork, it's um, it's not quite the same experience, is it? Well, actually, in some ways that they're used to, you know, we have lots of people all over the world working for us in, in lots of different countries, in France, in the UK, in the States, in Italy, uh, in Venice, all just all over, everywhere uh, in India, but there was always this um, this feeling that that remote people don't have as good an experience as the people in the office. And I think what this has done is actually leveled the playing field for everyone. We're all in the same boat, and it's actually got us to kind of realize that you know we need to do better at streaming events and helping us all feel connected, uh, running more online events and so on. So in some ways, it's actually helped improve the culture for them. What we do do see, however, is you know the the foreign staff that were the people from France and so on that were moved to Ireland for opportunities, are now working from home in in Ballymun or you know the suburbs of Cork, and now they're wondering why can't they move back to France if they're working remote anyway. And I, I think the reality is we have to allow your staff to work from anywhere is the new reality. 
Roland, can I just ask you, is there going to be enough demand out there for the new office space that's either being constructed at the minute or had been planned, had been in the pipeline? Yeah, I, I think there will be. Look, we're going to have a little bit of a hiatus over the next uh, 12 months or so because there's a lot of uncertainty. People are just not sure uh, what they need to do. And the people who are moving at the moment and, you know, there have been uh, a significant number of deals like in Dublin, 300,000 square feet in 23 deals were signed during the uh, lockdown. And indeed, there's more of that uh, about to be signed. There's double that amount of space um, going through the legal system at the moment. But there was about um, 21 deals or 200,000 square feet put on hold because people didn't know whether they wanted to progress or not. And there was about 270,000 square feet of deals just fell away completely. So we're going to continue to see a little bit of uncertainty, like who's going to lease a new office when everybody's working from home? Um, There's no drive to do so. But there are, and like uh, in the last six weeks or so, we let 30,000 square feet to Gilead down in the uh, North Docks. So there are deals being done to good quality tenants around the city. And, you know, there are a number of other ones going through the process at the moment. Um, So, yes, there are deals. And interestingly enough, of the new space that's under construction at the moment, in the city centre, 60% of that's already spoken for. Um, so it's only 40% of that space will need to find tenants. Having said that, what you will see is that, for argument's sake, uh, we let um, a scheme called Fitzwilliam 28 to Slack, the messaging service um, on Fitzwilliam Street. It's being developed by the ESB, and that'll be completed sometime towards the end of this year, early next year. But Slack had always intended to uh, sublease over half of the space they were leasing because they wanted to provide room for themselves to grow into over time. And so what we are seeing is that there's a good bit of that subletting space coming back onto the market. And that will um, actually be a good thing for many people because people who aren't sure what way they're, they're going to hop a lot of that subletting space will give them two-year or five-year uh, opportunities, which may not have been available uh, that frequently in the market up until now. So, as I say, the next 12 months is going to be uncertain. Um, it is going to be a bit quieter than it had been before. But we think once we get through that, that the fundamentals of the economy are reasonably strong and that we should start to see growth again. And if... The transition from almost predominantly based office space working to a mixture of home and office space working unfolds in the way that we think it will. We think demand for office space will grow. Um, it's interesting what uh, Peter was saying. We would have seen a lot of those things amongst our clients um, and indeed in our own working. Um, but we've found in particularly that when we did come back into the office in the last uh, four to six weeks, little things like just being able to talk face to face to your colleagues as opposed to doing it over a Zoom call or whatever, number one was incredibly much more quick, but also that you were more likely to do it. And so the whole learning and swapping of information was a much faster thing to be able to do. Um, So there were all sorts of benefits that became more apparent to you once you came back into the office of how much easier it was to do things 
than you you realised when you were working from home. Yeah, sure. What about rents, uh, Roland? Because a lot of companies might say, well, you know, my workers, a bit like Peter's maybe, um, my workers, they want to be, let's say, half time at home and half time uh, in the office. Uh, I'm not happy paying sort of prime um, central business district uh, rates when, you know, on any given day, maybe a third of the office or uh, 40 or 50 percent of the office of the seats are, are empty. So what impact is that going to have on landlords and rents? Well, it, it will affect rents. There's no doubt about that. But look, without being facetious about it, rents are purely down to supply and demand. And our expectation is that rents will um, fall back a little bit over the next 12 months, but will then stabilise and probably start to move upwards again. Having said that, there will be big varieties in how the different types of offices are affected. And one of the things that you notice is that in a uh, hot market, as we've had for the last number of years, that the difference between the rent for the very best offices and the medium quality offices narrows quite considerably. So what we expect to happen over the next 12 months or so is that that gap will start to widen again and probably get back to a level where it should really be. So prime office rents will drop a little bit, but not very much. Um, Medium standard offices or secondary standard offices the rents will drop more, we think. Um, but there are all sorts of other things that go into deals um, like rent-free periods, the term of the lease, all of these sorts of things. And those sort of uh, issues will all b- become uh, more flexible, particularly in the secondary market, I think. Peter, you have an office in Boston, rather, uh, as well as offices in Ireland. Has the experience in Boston been, been different to Ireland? Yeah, so um, our office in Boston was actually a, a co-lease with a friend of mine who has a company over there, and they've actually decided to close that office. So they're going fully remote. So we've definitely been affected over there. And now we have a decision to make. Do we continue to have a, a physical office over there, or are we going to go remote? We actually had somebody from Ireland uh, had moved to America to head up our office over there and head up our expansion over there. That person is currently unable to get back into America after going home to Germany to get married. So this is this is the new reality we live in. I think for now, we won't continue with that office in Boston. Uh, we'll embrace more remote work. We also have three offices in Cork. We're seriously considering um, our worst one of the three offices. You know, do we look at uh, scaling back to just having two offices and having a rotation system? Um, where, you know, we do try and get the full utility out of the other offices. Um, but, you know, have people cycle in on different days. So we recently actually surveyed our 250 staff and we asked them, would you like to return, when COVID passes, would you like to return to work full-time, work from home full-time, or have a mix? And the results were consistent with similar surveys I know other companies have done. And most employees want to continue working from home with the option to come to the office two days a week for to meet their teammates and for meetings and mental health and just to break things up. So we all want the best of both worlds, and I think that's the new reality. I, I suspect, Roland, that uh, if I was a betting man, I would guess that um, demand will decrease by maybe up to a third. But, the, I mean, the office will always be here, I think. Uh, everyone will still want their corporate headquarters and training center and everything else. But I think we are all um, embracing the new reality. You know, the reality is that employees who wouldn't have even considered remote work in the past are now saying, hey, that wasn't too bad. Do we really need all these expensive offices? 
And on the other hand, employees who have proved they can do great work from home will be very resistant to returning to their pointless daily commute. And I, I think employers are going to have to just, you know, they're going to have to change and they're going to have to facilitate this if you want to retain your great staff. And this will bring its own challenges around coordination of rotation systems, hot desking and more. But it must be done because nobody will accept a return to unnecessary commutes and overhead. I think our eyes have been opened. It's a brave new world and it's here to stay. Yeah, Peter, I, I wouldn't disagree with uh, a lot of what you said there, but I suppose exactly how it's going to unfold, we don't know yet. And um, one of the confusing things is this issue that everybody wants their desk in the office. They don't want to work from home entirely. And there's a whole fear that uh, if you're not seen on a daily basis, well, then you won't be thought of for promotions and all these sorts of things. So you would hope, though, that the experience we've gone through will get rid of presentism in the office where people feel they have to be there because their boss is sitting there and whatever. But I, I think, nonetheless, people will want that contact and be seen around the place. However, if they're not in the office, if they're going to be in the office three days a week and we still have a strong COVID uh, issue, will people be happy to hot desk? We don't know the answer to that. So does that mean that you have to still have a desk for every employee, even though they may only be using it three days a week? We don't know the answer to that yet. And we need to clarify those. You're right, Roland. There's so much that we all are collectively still figuring out. I, I suspect on that one, it's going to be, you know, we're going to have to deep clean between every, every sitting in the office, um, which is going to be tough itself. And it's going to have a lot of overhead. And and then following on from that, if that is the route we're going, what we found, you know, every year that goes by, people are trying to decrease office sizes and get more people in the same amount of space. But this will absolutely determine that we'll have to allocate more square footage per person when they are in the office. So, again, it makes it harder to quantify what the overall effect is going to be for office demand. But Look, my own view, and I accept it will vary from um, employer to employer and, and type of business and indeed even where you're located. But my own view is that more people, the longer this goes on, more people will want to get back into the office. And that even people who think they like working from home at the moment and may very well uh, like to continue to do so, They'll want to spend more and more time in the office. I don't think anybody wants to go back 100% of time in the office, but I think they will want to go back in more. And even if you take it in an Irish context, when lockdown came, the weather was fantastic. Um, it was a bit of a novelty and whatever, and everything worked out quite well. But the longer it drags on, and now as we're heading back into our autumn and shortly winter weather, when we'll have short days, it'll be raining and howling wind and whatever. It's a very different aspect for people working at home in those contexts. And, you know, even the points that you were raising earlier, the whole um, fact that so many people, their social life is really based around the office and, you know, mental health issues and whatever. So, as I say, I... I, I lean while I think we are in a change uh, situation and that there will be more of a mix going forward which I think is a good thing I think that the office will stage a stronger comeback than maybe you think Peter. Okay Peter maybe I'll give you the final word on all of this look out five years and from a teamwork point of view 
Um, is, is working from home here to stay or do you think you'll be back in your office doing what you were doing pre-COVID uh, five years down the track? Absolutely, it's here to stay. Uh, I think the world has been forever changed. I know talking to um, new startups that they're going fully remote from day one. They don't understand why they would ever need an office. I know from talking to uh, corporates, they're talking about leaning more into remote working and hiring staff from, you know, hiring staff from anywhere in the world as opposed to in one little location is a huge advantage in itself. Um, companies are getting better systems in place. I, I predict for teamwork in particular, fast forward five years, most of our staff will be remote. And we will use our office, as I said, for corporate headquarters, training uh, and a meeting place for people who want to get together. And we'll probably also allow our staff to, you know, ad hoc rent a co-working space anywhere they want to get a group of them together so they can mix it up. I think uh, co-working spaces will probably take off again because it gives the companies, uh, employers and, uh, and the employees a, a lot of flexibility and a, a lot of less overhead. But definitely... Um, I, I think I slightly disagree with Ronan on this one. I think it's going to have a significant impact on, on the mindset going ahead. And everybody I've talked to so far is fully leaning into remote work. Sure. Okay. Well, mark it down in your diary. Maybe if we're all still around, we'll come back in five years' time <laughs> and see how it all worked out. Uh, Peter Coppinger and Ronan O'Connell, thank you for joining us. All right. Cheers. Thank you. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Peter Coppinger and Roland O'Connell. Thanks also to our sponsor, Davy Group, for its continued support. Suzanne Brennan produced the show with JJ Vernon on sound. Remember, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our Business Today email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care and stay safe.